Hey everybody, this is Brandon Scott and I am the Fandom Pastor. As a big nerd, I guess, uh, I recognize that God is connected to everything in our world, and this includes fandoms. So fandoms are the fans of a particular person, a team, a fictional series, uh, all of those different groups that are identified together as a deep love or, or passion about a particular subject. Now, specifically, I'm looking at more of the, the nerdy side of things. So these are the Potterheads, the Harry Potter fans, the Trekkies, the Broadway fans, and more. God is connected to everything. And so join me as we see how God is connected everywhere. Understand that the first 46 episodes were recorded for YouTube. And so it's only 47 and after that are geared specifically towards uh, the podcasting. So thanks, God bless, and glad you can join us. Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Brandon with the latest episode of The Fandom Pastor. So for the last few weeks, we have been doing a whole series on the kaiju films. Now, kaiju is a Japanese uh, film series or genre about giant monsters. Now, we're specifically looking at those produced by the Toho Company. Now, these are monsters like Godzilla and Rodan and, and King Ghidorah and, and all of those. So it's, it's this huge uh, film genre uh, that's just very, very popular. Uh, if you would, though, I'm going to pause right there. If you would, please share this. Please like this. Uh, kind of get this out there. Um, this is something I like to do, and, and I like to really do things like this that people already love and how they connect to God. So, again, special thank you to Pastor Zachary for helping me write this series. Uh, he is just a, a, a much more of an expert on these films than I am. Here's the thing, though. If you heard the clue from last time, you know, this one I didn't need help with. This one is my favorite. This was my movie. I remember as a kid, I don't know how old I was. I was little. But I watched this movie for the first time, and I was hooked. Uh, this was the movie I would watch all the time. In fact, when I was younger, we used to rent a Laserdisc player. And every time we would do that, I would rent this film. This was a movie I'd watch over and over and over and over again. Uh, if you don't know what Laserdisc is, look it up. Um, of course, halfway through the film, you would have to uh, flip it over so you could watch the rest of the movie. But this was just such a passion of mine. I love this film. I still do. And the uh, actually, the most recent remake was phenomenal. Uh, not even remake, I would say. It's a, a new a new film. But that movie is King Kong uh, from 1933. This is actually a 60th anniversary edition VHS. It's a special box. Uh, used to, if you pressed on the chest, he would roar. Um, and this is just, this movie was just such a big impact on me. So... Again, this film's from uh, 1933 originally, and just such a huge impact on me. 
So if you don't know the story, I'll, I'll try to break it down pretty quick. So Carl Denham is this uh, movie director, producer, and he has come across this map for this place called Skull Island. And he decides he's going to go there and film uh, on, on site, on this island. Uh, it's a mysterious island. It's probably going to be a big production, right? It's, it's going to be something people are going to love. Well, they, they get to this island and they realize there's more to the island than they thought. They come across these natives uh, and this giant wall. And the natives see them. Uh, there's kind of a scuffle and some fights. But the natives have been sacrificing uh, a girl to their god, uh, which is Kong. Well, they see Anne Darrow, played by uh, Fay Ray, this, this blonde white beauty. And they decide that they want to sacrifice her to their god, Kong. And so, after all sorts of things happen, they kidnap her and give her to Kong. And of course, this is where you first see Kong, stop motion, you know, looking at it from today's perspective. Of course, the, the special effects are awful, but just gorgeous at the time, right? Well, this whole group decides they're going to go and rescue Anne Darrow. And uh, so they, they travel through this land filled with prehistoric creatures. Uh, they finally rescue her, but Kong wants her back. So he follows them. Well, they uh, manage to capture him and bring him back to New York where they... Uh, display him as a trophy while well, he breaks free and comes uh, looking for Dawn and uh, Anne, excuse me, Anne. Uh, Dawn was the name in uh, Dwan, it was a name in a, a different a version of this movie. Uh, but so she, she is. Uh, traveling through the city kong is coming for her and he captures her and goes to the empire state building the highest point in new york which is a a familiar aspect for him because his home on skull island was the highest point and of course many of you i'm sure have seen the iconic uh, kong on top of the empire state building and their biplanes are shooting him and he dies and and falls off the the building and everything. Um, I even had a chance when my wife and I were in New York, we went to the top of the Empire State Building and of course they actually sold statues of Kong on the the Empire State Building and everything. I, it just, it was, it was such a big moment for me, I guess. But what's interesting is Kong is this giant ape. He's massive. Uh, he, he kills anything that goes up against him he basically wins at everything there are situations where a, a giant snake has gone after him and, and a tyrannosaurus rex and depending on the film that you saw multiple tyrannosaurus rexes uh, have gone after him and he always wins he always triumphs and he's so he's this this big massive monster that that conquers all and yet with with Anne, he's he's this gentle being 
Uh, he's so gentle with her. And of course, it would take nothing for him to simply kill her. And yet he's so gentle. He's so protective of her. And this is very similar in a way to our relationship with God, because God is so powerful. He's, he's so uh, just beyond our even comprehension of understanding who he is. His power goes beyond anything we could ever comprehend. And yet he's gentle with us. He's um, understanding. He guides us. He protects us. He watches over us in everything that we do. Um, and it's interesting because when Anne is captured by Kong, she's trying to get away. And yet there was multiple instances where she didn't want to get away. During those times of conflict, when Kong was actually protecting her, she didn't want to get away. She did not want to move away from him. So the times like, again, the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex was going after her, the pterodactyls, uh, all these situations where Kong is protecting her. Even when he's climbing up the Empire State Building, she's hanging, she's clutching onto him because she doesn't want to get hurt. And so it's, again, God protecting us. And, and how many times we try to move away from God when it's at that time we need him the most, the time we need to go towards him when we're uh, not struggling to, to get away is the time that we need him the most. Um, in Deuteronomy 31.8, it says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not, be, do not fear or be dismayed. You see, we, we don't have to be scared. We don't have to uh, be frightened because God is protecting us. But he's so much greater than any giant ape. Uh, he's protecting us with his very essence. He protected us from sin by sending his son. So God is instrumental in protecting us and watching out for us and, and doing everything he possibly can to get us away from the chaos, the, the conflict, the problems of the world. Uh, we're still involved in it. But we have this uh, protective giant hand around us, watching out for us and protecting us. So think about that as you go through life. God is protecting you. He is holding us very much in the palm of his hand. And watching out for us, protecting us in everything that we do. So again, as I said, this was the last of the Kaiju series. And uh, so... Next time, we'll be going into a brand new series on cult films. Now, cult films, uh, if you're, you're not aware, also called cult classics, are films that uh, are not popular at the time of their release and yet have created this whole world around them, connected to all of these different uh, ideas, these, these elements of it has just for some reason grabbed on to people and kept them in their love for those films. Uh, things like, um, oh, uh, this is Spinal Tap. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of this one. At the time it came out, it wasn't that popular, and yet it became so such a film. Um, a Christmas Story. How many of you watch that movie 
during Christmas. And yet when it first came out, it was not popular at all. And now it's become a classic, a cult classic. It has such a following. Uh, people buy the leg lamps. They, they do all these different things because of the love of the film. And so a cult classic is not something that necessarily follows along with the mainstream audience, but it's those other films that are defined more by the audience than it is by necessarily the, the content. So the first one we'll be discussing here in a few weeks, uh, here's my clue. The actor playing the title character is also famous for playing a certain cyborg cop. Uh, I've gotten all of my suggestions from friends and family on some great cult classics, uh, cult films that they loved. So I hope to see you in a few weeks. And if I get a big enough response and enough suggestions, we may even do a whole nother set of them. But we'll just have to wait and see. So thanks and God bless.